Warning. The following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter, like ninus and hoo-hahs. Also, a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right. On with the shenanigans, then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers. In particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons. But had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. What is Psyops? Psyops for psychological operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the intent behind Psyops, to convince people to do what you want them to do. So how does PSYOPs fit into what's happening now? The two points I'd like to make with you and the audience is that, first and foremost, PSYOPs save lives. The second thing I'd like to say, a lot of people have misconception about PSYOPs. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing. say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right? Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema psyops. And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you. Cinema psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing. to the 288th consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, who is in no way trying to overcompensate for the lack of enthusiasm from his co-host, Matt. I am freezing my knickies off. (laughs) Yeah, rolling blackouts, negative temperatures. I don't know how true this meme is or not, but I saw a meme where it was showing like all the temperatures around like the Arctic regions and things uh-huh. are all actually higher than what it is currently in Omaha. I mean, yeah, it's funny. I, I don't know if that how accurate or true it is, but it's fucking it's hilarious. Ve- it's very accurate. Yeah. Uh, in the, it was on Saturday. It was warmer in the North Pole than it was in Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are the new North Pole. Like the fuck? I don't want that about. I don't want to panic anybody, but I'm pretty sure I saw some dire wolves roaming around. Yeah. Down Center Street. <laughs> I, I don't want to panic anybody, but I think I saw a tong tong running around, so I'm I'm a little concerned. I don't want to panic anybody, but bad is the tauntaun, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Nobody better have a lightsaber. I ain't getting cut open for this. <laughs> Burr, I'm an old man. Yeah. Burr. <laughs> yeah, we're we're both old men, and like I'm sitting in my home right now because I am being responsible. Well, actually, I'm always pretty responsible with my heat. I rarely ever in 
our house, we really, we kind of run hot anyway here. I rarely have the heat above 64, and we have it down to 62 right now to try to help out. So I'm sitting here, full jacket, shoe, I'm like just really bundled up in my own house right now. You are trying to help out in that the utility companies who in no way, shape, or form could have seen this coming yeah. days ago did yeah. nothing to help with infrastructure or backup or in any way, shape, or form, and yeah. therefore are now asking all of us little peons to sacrifice to help their bottom line. Yeah. So you are helping out your corporate overlords. I, I always have. Uh, you know, it's it's much like when billion-dollar corporations ask you to round up your tab to donate to the poor, and, and you sit there and you go, but why wouldn't you guys just do it? And then apparently that's when it's socialism. So... <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> all, all I'm saying is the utility companies got themselves into this mess. When everybody was laughing at what was happening with California and all the rolling blackouts and saying, ha, 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 look how mismanaged they are. And then a cold snap takes out all of Texas. Yeah. I mean, we're all ill prepared and we've all been fucking lied to for a very long time about what's so great about this country. Motherfuckers, this place is falling apart and uh, no oh. one is doing anything about it. Brick by motherfucking brick this place is falling apart if you needed any more like idea about how this country is crumbling i point last year uh, i mean at least for you and i but i think other cities encountered the same problem or at least have our road conditions last year we had to shut down a major road because of how bad it got with uh with uh with it crumbling and just failing so yeah yeah this this country is pretty much going down the shitter because we don't put any money back into infrastructure because you know we got to make sure the pentagon gets like a gajillion dollars every year because freedom yep so that's where their priorities lie and they give zero fucks about you so keep paying your yeah. tax dollars and don't don't complain because that's too political yeah don't complain yeah don't make this about politics okay what's yeah. wrong with you yeah it's about bombs and freedom yeah because if we can't help bomb freedom into another country with oil then we are really failing at freedom <laughs> all right let's get off that political soapbox or i'm gonna have to right. drag your ass over to the psychosemantic cast where this type of talk really belongs yeah that's true i'm just a very surly and pissed off motherfucker right now i continue to get more and more angry at this point my anger is stewing inside an instapot of hate <laughs> mm, that's yummy did you add chili powder to it <laughs> no man it's bitter oh well that's too bad <laughs> uh, but i i do we have some good things to talk about the movie this week is a nice little gem 1993's dark waters uh italian i think born writer and director who is obsessed with lovecraft from a very early age making a film in what is now known as Crimea, which also just recently got annexed, <laughs> but yeah. like in you yeah. know in inside Soviet Russia, right after it collapsed in the nineties, they shot this film. Huh, nice. Yeah, so it has all sorts of different like weird amalgamations of culture within it, which makes it perfect for a very seriously Lovecraft inspired film. Now, I had seen this once before purchasing this Blu-ray way, 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 way back when I was a kid. I rented a VHS of it and. It was a really bad transfer on that VHS. You could not see shit. Oh. Everybody be cool, but I'm pretty sure the mom and pop shop I rented this from got a bootleg. Everyone just shut the fuck up. That mom and pop shop's probably gone by now, but be cool still. Also, the evidence is long since gone of their copyright infringement, and I don't think anybody cares. Yeah, okay, well, that's probably true, too. 
All right, everybody, <laughs> take your, your normal places. Go back to where you were. Uh, anyway, geez. I couldn't see shit the first time I watched it, and it was really, yeah. really difficult, and I couldn't really tell what was going on. Also, a much younger and more impatient court, which may have been about a 14 or 15-year-old court who just wanted titties and gore, Yeah, didn't appreciate the art house nuances of this film at the time upon watching it. But now, seeing it again on Blu-ray when I can actually fucking see it, and uh, watching it for the show with my more critical eye, totally expecting to savage it, I just am going to have to extend my pinky while I review this film, Matt, because I, I feel my... Uh, I I feel my art film cred is going to go up with how much I enjoyed it this time around. Oh, fancy. <laughs> now, I yeah. got to ask you, would you consider this nunsploitation? Okay. 15-year-old court rented it on the hopes that it was, in fact, ah. nunsploitation and would have, would have told you no, all right? Would have told you absolutely no. Adult court, on the other hand, would like to say that this is a Lovecraft-inspired nunsploitation flick, yes. Okay. It well, lacks, I just wondered. It, it lacks, it, it deeply lacks many of the elements tits that i like in a nunsploitation film lesbian sex but yeah. <laughs> if it were to add those elements like tits and lesbian sex it might not be as classy of an art film and we couldn't extend our pinky unless yeah, it was to tickle our balls while we're masturbating to the film you, you definitely just have to chug something or be, be, right right I this don't know. The, the, this film wants you to sip cappuccino and relax and get a head trip and really get freaked out when you think about the connotation of the story it's telling like a Lovecraft story should. As far yeah. as as far as far Lovecraft inspirations go, this does a pretty damn good job of that and I can't wait to really dig into the various aspects of that that check all the Lovecraft boxes. I know this is a thing that I've been doing lately, but... Like yeah, if, checking boxes. Right. You but, like to check boxes. Well, well, I don't necessarily like to, but there are certain things like elements. You know, you always want certain yeah. elements to exist. And if you can check that off the list of elements that you want to exist for a type of story, then that story has fulfilled that need or that expectation that you might have. So when I think something's going to be a Lovecraft inspired story, there's certain elements that I would like to have exist. So when I talk about ticking off the boxes, that's what I'm talking about. The elements that I yeah. would like to have to for my enjoyment, just for me personally things that I would like to have in a story. You know, like if I were to write it, this is the stuff that I would like to have in it. And the more of those types of things get checked off my list, the more I tend to enjoy a film. And the older I get, the list grows further past boobs and blood. Really? <laughs> you really are maturing. I'm telling you right now. Hey, I'm not we're any fucking happier about it than you are, man. <laughs> we're, we're all so happy you're fucking maturing, Court. Yeah, just, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> no, sir. I don't like it. What we're going to do, though, we're going to take a break. We're going to play the Legion Patreon ad. We're going to have a little bit of music that fits in with the feelings that you get while watching Dark Waters from 1993, because you got to make sure whenever you look it up on IMDb, 1993. And when we come back, we will have no trailer because one doesn't really exist. This will keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com, or in the Legion Network, available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. 
For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. totally lied to you and just told you i stole that right out of the soundtrack for the movie and you would have believed me i would have <laughs> i would have been like court steven again we better be careful <laughs> no since uh, big daddy Bo helped us out with the legion only website we can get to for all of this royalty free music that we we already have the clearance to use i'm a lot happier i don't have to bitch as much as i would about the trailer that doesn't exist so we might as well just get started talking about the movie i had to laugh yeah you were uh you kept talking about uh the uh you know be sure you include the year when you're looking it up and yeah you you really have to uh, yeah, dark, there's like Dark Water, which was a Japanese film. Then there was a remake yeah. of Dark Water, which was an American-made film starring Jennifer Connelly. Thank you for that. And then there's now a Dark Waters from like 2000-something, and then a new yeah. one even now from like the most recent decade. Yeah, yeah. The one I kept pulling up was the one with Jennifer Connelly. I'm like, oh, man, this seems kind of fancy for us. And then... And then I, I checked, and I'm like, wait, this isn't the same. <laughs> yeah, I can't review a film that stars Jennifer Connelly because my entire review will be like, oh, she's so pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Connelly's definitely does something for both of us. So <laughs> that, that would be a mess of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's focus in on 1993's Dark yeah. Waters. Yeah, all right. Well, we start off with a narrator saying that, um, that this certain young lady is the key to death. Uh, and we see like this, like skull piece being added around almost like a, a bunch of other puzzle pieces that make something. And then we cut to a very stormy night in a monastery. We see a very leaky chapel room where a priest is praying. Uh, nuns are looking concerned and one even tries to enter the chapel. But just then, uh, the chapel floods out. Uh, the walls give way to a flood because so much water's built up. I don't know if you so. noticed or not. It first goes through right in the main chapel doors. It busts the chapel yeah. doors open, and then the wall gives way right next to the door. And then it just continues to flood over and over again, and the room just gets progressively worse. Yes. And the priest starts swimming up, and he swims up to the surface, and uh, then a cross, uh, like a large, large cross, decides just to puncture his air hole, because fuck you. <laughs> That's uh, why. Yeah, it went through his neck, so it was the top. Yeah. 
yeah. the cross. All right, so the water hits, and it first yeah. destroys the altar. That's where it gets first. The first blast yeah. throws the altar back against the far wall. In the process, breaks the Jesus free from the cross that's hanging above the altar in this church. Uh-huh. And then the Jesus goes flying down into the water. The priest is swimming his way out, and as it starts going further up, then the cross falls down, and then the cross looks like it's being directed by the water because it moves it around and it it sort of floats it up or you see the cross float up and then you actually see it moving around and then the flow of the the water changes because the priest is swimming on the way out and the cross was behind him but somehow the water swirled the cross around just in time to spear him into the neck so i think this was like a supernatural targeting to try and kill the priest with the cross and it was successful Uh, i think so too this is all to kill the priest of this monastery well it's also to destroy this church um which i don't want to get into too awful much but let's just say that this first opening scene is definitely a very Lovecraftian thing where the ocean comes in and wipes away the Christian church and just and slaughters the priest all in one move and it's all the water that does it that is so fucking Lovecraftian alright yeah I, I, I'll, uh, I don't know a lot about Lovecraft so I'll have to take your word for that anyway we see a nun now at the shore and she's holding what seems to be a piece of the plaque she seems very disoriented and then she she's kind of she walks to this edge of a cliff and she looks out and she seems like she gets pushed off by almost like an evil dead camera type thing. Uh, Accurate. Uh, yeah. You know, the little zoomy part. It's evil dead monster. The uh, shaky cam where they put it onto a two by four yes. and just ran at things with it. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, so anyway, uh, so she falls and dies and we see the entire plaque is broken. Um, the nuns then hide all the pieces. A group of nuns do. We then cut to what would probably be present day with a woman traveling with uh, in in less than desirable conditions with some men who seem pretty fucking terrible and uh she reads a letter from her friend and that is our first clip dear elizabeth i suggest you come out here as soon as possible i've tried to sort things out as promised but i don't think i'm getting anywhere this place is unbelievable there's no electricity and none of the comforts you would associate with 20th century living and you should see the brown sack they make me wear height of fashion for auto-flagellating pilgrims and saints alike, I can assure you. I'll tell you I'll never complain about London again. See you soon, Teresa. Your friend from the land before time. If you're down yeah. about it so much, why even stay there? Why be there? Uh, yeah, fucking get the fuck out. I mean, holy shit, no one's forcing you to be there. I mean, maybe the nuns are, but I mean, whatever. You're cloistered, not incarcerated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, anywho, with all that being said, uh, the, the woman, uh, her, we see her friend, and she is studying some stuff, and we, we see this friend, she looks rather manic now. Uh, not at all the calm sound that came in this last letter. Yeah, all the snark um, has been beating the fuck out of her. Yeah, she is figuring some things out, and she looks all paranoid, and then we see someone staring at her. Um, so, I guess she has a right to be paranoid, someone's watching her. So then she starts looking around because I think she can tell someone's watching her so she goes into these caverns and we see all these nuns and I mean some nuns are just dead some nuns are whipping themselves so I'm assuming at this point court is full 
fully erect. Oh, yeah. This was an amazing sequence and very hallucinatory. Uh, by the way, because there's like naked nuns, not very Lovecrafty. Yeah. He was kind of terrified of women. Oh, was he? Um, <laughs> yeah. Were they fully naked, though? Because I think you only see their backs. No, no. But like, you know, women in disrobe, he would have fainted. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he was very puritanical in that way. Oh, uh, nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I'm kind of getting at is the the possession thing or the way that they're all tainted by whatever it was that happened that we saw earlier with that flashback of the church being destroyed by the ocean. This has clearly had an effect on them, and they are trying to overcompensate for their <laughs> lack of faith that could protect their church, I guess. Yeah, something. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, with the Catholics, they think as long as you're in pain, Jesus will finally love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this kind of flagellation is not all that shocking if you've ever been to a Catholic ceremony of any sort. Yeah, it's it's pretty much feel bad, you're bad, and everyone's terrible. And that was just and, your wedding. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the friend finds a piece of that plaque, and as she's kind of checking it out, staring at it, she is promptly stabbed and murdered. A metric fuck ton is the amount she was stabbed. Yeah, like, a lot. She was stabbed, like, a lot, a lot by a, a cloaked figure. The friend drops, of course, the piece of the plaque, and it goes down, and we then end that with more none whipping, none whipping, and that is our first twenty minutes there. All right, the plaque is representative of an ancient pagan demonic god of some sort. Yes, pagan or what the Christians would consider demonic god. I would submit to you this being a Lovecraft moment that you wanted to have ticked off. There is always some type of sign of this elder god or this ancient being that existed before other gods or came from another dimension or however you want to look at your Lovecraft world. This. uh tablet or round disc that is representing him also has various runes and like you know sigils and things like that that are carved on it that no one really fully understands but it just has a very ominous look to it the nun that was clutching the placard I believe she was actually shoved off that mountain or that that cliff onto that specific rock right there in the middle of the ocean as a sacrifice to appease that ancient deity and the, the plaque breaking was what it was using to be summoned or something like that and that scatters its power so it's appeased and then banished at the same time i think that's part of a ritual that the nuns were forced to do because their faith failed them to fight this ancient being that's a very lovecraftian thing that would make some sense okay now the pieces being gathered up this would be the whatever this ancient entity's power being able to be focused for it to come back to our world whether it be out from the depths of the ocean where it once was, or just from the wherever reality it comes from that it's not currently now, like the, to be able to cross over. That's that's what that symbol, I believe, is for, because that's a very Lovecraftian thing as well, <laughs> for it to be like a gateway. No, I'm just going by this because what we're seeing here, you kind of have to fill in the blanks on your own because if, it just shows you this stuff and then just moves on, which is very Lovecraftian too. You have to kind of figure it out. It'll it'll get explained to you eventually, and it'll get extremely wordy when it does, but you kind of have to guess on your own where this is leading. Uh, right. That's kind of what I've got for this first 20 minutes. Now, the second woman who finds the main face piece, I believe the most powerful part or where the focus begins is the facial structure of that medallion thing that, that helps focus the power of this deity. The actual face of the deity is like the most powerful part. That's the yeah. one that they hide the best underneath the rock. This is where that woman was drawn to it. She went and grabbed it. And when she was looking at it, she was in water, which is where this thing's the source of the power, and I'm guessing it's seawater where they're trying to pray away the sea from filling this same chamber because right now this chamber is what I believe used to be the church. Oh, 
Oh, okay. The All crosses right, are there to that. try and hold the ocean back, to hold the power of this ancient deity back, because if it can take yeah. over this chamber again, it can rise well, again. It can. This is how, all, yeah, how it can get summoned. And it's, it's we're the, all fucked. Right. And it's the church that it destroyed. It's been worn away and then turned into like a sea cave from the deposits yeah. over time. All right. But it's done yes. it super quickly since the church has been destroyed. And that's why the, 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 uh, that's why the place also flooded is because it's probably under sea level. Well, that too. Right. But like they're so. praying the ocean back. It's like a symbolic kind of thing. That's why the crosses yeah. are on the wall. That's why they're doing all the flagellations. This is a constant vigil using every ounce of faith that they have just to try and hold this thing at bay at its weakest before the power starts to get focused again by the medallion. Just let that sink in. <laughs> I'm there. Okay. Uh, and I actually, yes, I very much agree. Okay, I gotcha. Now, the girl that found that wasn't from there, didn't believe in any of this, and her lack of faith made her susceptible. She gets called to the most port, like powerful portion of that medallion. It falls down into the water, which is seawater leaking in. It now has seawater running over it, and the girl's murder acts as another sacrifice to start the summoning process again. Yeah. And now, okay. now this creature's this ancient deity's power will start to grow because it's that symbol is now back in the ocean water. And as its power grows, the ability for the nuns to withstand it and the ability for the nuns to hold it back will dwindle. And that's what we start to see for the rest of the film when it unfolds. Hmm. All right. I told you I was going to put up my pinky and get all art yeah, filmy really interpretive there, on this. All right. All right. You got a little deep there. Uh, <laughs> but again, I have to take your word for a lot of it. I don't know Lovecraft a lot. So, all right, I got you. All right, well, that's just my interpretation, and I'm just saying there's stuff like this in Lovecraft that is I'm using yeah. to justify my interpretation. Oh, all right. I, 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 I actually believe you on this, and actually what you're saying makes complete and utter sense. So, Okay, so right. uh, I'll start the newsletter, and you can be my first subscriber. Yay! We have a group. All right, so we start the next 20 minutes. The uh, young lady, uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, she is now trying to find a boat ride to this island. Well, the first guy she talks to is like, I won't take you there tonight. It's too dangerous. And he goes, come back again later. And I'll, he goes, I'll take you for free. You don't even have to pay me. But I just, he goes, I can't go there now. And so you're kind of, you sit there and you go, holy shit. And you're like, what the hell's going on with this guy? So, because uh, he seems mega freaked by this. So, as you would be. Yeah. I mean, doesn't sound like a very nice place to be. Sounds like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it's going to kill you. So, sounds uh, like he's trying to talk you out of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, then another guy who seems a tiny bit more intense and a lot more rapey. Uh, yeah. I would say with a smidgen of extremely suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Real sus. This guy's being real sus right now. It's 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 not a good look. Uh, no, he's even creepier than Randall Flagg in the '90s version of the Stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 not attractive. So he says he'll take her. Um, and they get on a boat, and it's 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 a rickety ass boat, but it's a boat at least. And they're on there, and um, she's all trying. They're both trying to smoke cigarettes while water is just pouring in. So it's also storming outside. So it's the exact kind of weather you want a boat in. <laughs> Right. The only thing a boat needs is more water pouring on top of it than what is already splashing inside of it from the storm that you're trying to transverse on the ocean. I mean, literally, that's boating 101, people. That's, <laughs> I mean, 
That's boating 101. That's like the safest boating you could possibly do. Let's face it. That is just the the kind of boating you need. Um, (laughs) To a remote island that very few people ever want to go to, and one guy actively tried to talk you out of going to. You know, Court, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. (laughs) You also die 100% of the times you make (laughs) that dumb choice. This is also very true. So, as they're going, all of a sudden this troll-like man hops on his deck, and he's starts eating fucking raw fish and shit uh, uh, at first it was like a ripped up octopus he's chewing off yeah. more pieces of it it looked like he was grabbing shit out of the chum bucket and just chewing on it yeah and the guy says pay him no mind he like sends bad shit away so okay cool i guess <laughs> uh yeah i have a very specific explanation as to what i believe this little guy represents oh all right there are uh various creatures in lovecraft world where things from the deep or things that belong to this ancient entity's world known as the deep ones that live deep deep within the ocean uh in some of lovecraft's stories have crossbred with humans in order to make it to where they can survive on land and this thing definitely looked like something like that yeah half like fish from the deep half human yes i believe he is a deep one type hybrid creation and the reason that this guy keeps him on the boat whenever he's going to this island because the bad things he's keeping away are his mom and pop or or whatever you know like because he's half deep one keeping this thing appeased and happy keeps them away from him or whatever other creatures right exactly that's what i'm getting at yeah so uh, uh, okay good that's that's nice that everyone has a working relationship right but once i saw that thing on the boat that i'm riding on headed towards the island that it requires that thing to be on the boat i think i'm gonna want to turn around and go back yeah i'll uh i'll uh you know what guys let's just just go i think we're all done here we can be done it's all right (laughs) no (laughs) no one has to be here anymore right let's just I have like a whole other half a pack of cigarettes I can share with you, Cap. Let's turn around. Let's go back. I'm going to go home and I'm just going to keep funding whatever the fuck is going on with this nunnery because clearly I don't need to be here. Yeah, because clearly everything else is just perfectly, completely and utterly fucked. (laughs) (laughs) We need to get the fuck out of here, Cap. Here's my half a pack of cigarettes. Turn this boat around. So they uh, they get to the island and then we see... um, this blind, we get to a blind monk and he's seen with these crazy paintings all around him. And it really centers on one where it's a blind woman with just wide eyes, just like him. So she, uh, the Elizabeth gets in to the nunnery and she is greeted by a nun named Sarah. And that is our next clip. Candles. You know, in London, they don't even have them in churches anymore. Nowadays, it's all electric light bulbs. Put a coin in, press a button, and pronto, up it flashes. Salvation guaranteed. I would like to go to your country one day. England? Why? You'd hate it, Sarah. Cigarette? No, thank you. I wouldn't know where to start. What a beautiful woman. Who is it? My mother. came from this island. Is she living in London now? She died giving birth to me. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Don't worry, it's not your fault. I'm sorry, truly. That's the only photograph I have of her. My father spent his whole life trying to forget about this island. 
and my mother. Mother Superior will see you in half an hour. I better get ready. All right. So, you know, we get some ideas here about mom's dead. Dad's fairly vague about a lot of it. Uh, Probably not good. She's here because of some change in the status of her father's life. Yeah. Yes, we know that much. And yes, she just confessed to her mother being dead. She also has a very snide and cynical look at religion, particularly based on what she's seen in England with the putting a coin to make a candlelight electronically. Yeah. And also, what's what's with all the... uh, London hate around here. Her, her girlfriend. I mean, Jesus. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't like growing up there, or maybe the director just. I, I know the director lived there for a while, so maybe it's just memories that he had from living in London that he didn't enjoy it or something. I don't know. I guess, man. But holy shit, I didn't know London was that bad. But her and her girlfriend both fucking hated London. I was like, God damn. Well, she goes meets with the mother of the nunnery, and she's with a very old and blind nun. Well, the oh, the head nun welcomes Elizabeth, and that's another clip. We didn't think you would make it tonight. I like to keep my appointments. Commendable. But now, what can I do to make your stay in our humble home a pleasant and fruitful one? As you know, my father died last October and left me everything. And that includes a commitment on my part to continue with the regular payments my father made to this convent for the past 20 years. I didn't know anything about it. He was very secretive about his sudden conversion to religion. Sometimes secrecy is a blessing. We are a very secretive order, Elizabeth. We don't allow the corruption of outside world to divert us from our divine purpose. Yes, but doesn't money count as a corrupting factor? There is such a thing as a necessary evil, my child. Unfortunately, there are things which are not sold by prey alone. I appreciate that. But I hope you won't begrudge me the right to know why I should carry on with these payments. We serve a purpose, Elizabeth. Your father understood that, and I trust we will too in time. In the meantime, I will do all I can to help you. Our library, our ceremonies, you'll have access to it all. And Sarah is a good girl. She'll make a villain assistant. All right, so her father, for some reason, has been supporting this nunnery yeah. for an extended period of time, much longer than what she realized, and apparently he had just found religion that she didn't even know that he did before his death happened, that he's been supporting this nunnery even longer than that, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's been all up in this nunnery for a while and financially supporting it for, I mean, whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for an extended period of time that we're not sure of just yet. Also, I wanted to point out, I felt like the blind nun was actually the one in charge. She was the mother superior and the other one was just translating for her. But it's weird. The oh. old woman can barely speak, yeah, she, but she completely I, I, understood what, that's what I got. She completely understood everything Elizabeth was saying, but she, yeah. she basically wasn't able to speak. So the other nun was interpreting or intuiting what the nun was trying to say from whatever noise she was making. Uh, yeah, because I cut that a lot of that noise out. But yeah, I was like, rawr, 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 
Right, right. but those she would that that those noises would be made, and then the next the nun would speak and translate. So yeah, that's yeah. what I think was going on in that scene. So those are the two things I wanted to point out from that clip, and I'm good. All right, yes, and and you know what, I agree with you on that. Then yeah, I didn't think of it like that, but now I uh, I definitely do. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty uh, astute observation. The rest of this uh, movie is so fucking surreal and weird. That has to yeah. be what's taking place. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So then Liz heads back to her room and she finds some nuns taking all her shit, and that's kind of fucked up. Uh, we call and, that robbery, Matt. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely thievery of the highest order. Um, that's so, what theft is. Yeah, and um, she uh, Sarah says that they had to take all their stuff because this is kind of what is supposed to happen. Look, uh, everybody gets the rolled only... their first day on the inside. We're cloistered <laughs> now. <laughs> this is this is pretty much a prison. So congrats. Sorry. Okay, so Sarah explains that only, you can only have what the nuns provide you, which apparently is a sack and nothing else. Here, wear this very uncomfortable burlap with this slightly more comfortable wicca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here you go. Here's a burlap sack. Hope you have yourself a fantastic day, asswipe. By the way, and, we've woven broken glass into the burlap for your sleeping pleasure. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope you, uh, hope you're feeling good about your life, shit brain. So, and you just have to sit there and take it because it is your first day in prison, and everyone gets rolled, just like court said. You're cloistered so, now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then later on that night, as she sleeps, something we see tries to get into her room, like a little, we see somebody trying to unlock the door with a knife, and you kind of just sit there and wonder, hey, what's going on, guys? What y'all doing? Now, you say unlock the door, but it's just like a latch. It's not even a latch. It's like an eye hook. They're just trying to remove the hook. It's like what's on a screen door. (laughs) Right. Like what's on a screen door in a 1950s hunting lodge. Yeah. A hook with an eye. That's all it is. (laughs) And they're just trying to get at it with a knife, which is not that difficult but still they fail miserably and wake her up in the process yes so uh so then uh we hear a whole lot of moaning and like painful moaning and then we see nuns out in the field one's holding a burning cross and i'm just like holy shit is this alabama what are we doing down here (laughs) that's that's right i made a joke that alabama's racist so fuck (laughs) y'all There are cross burners all over the country, unfortunately. It's not uh, just in the deep south. Yeah, unfortunately, you're kind of right, fucking right. But goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me. It's not a good look to see a cross burning. I get that they're trying to do like this purification torch thing, but it just doesn't feel right to see. Yeah. Sorry, guys. America kind of fucked that up for anybody trying to use that as a different visual thing. It just means racism now. Okay. We get it. America fucked up again. It's just how it goes. Just leave it be. <laughs> it's a, right? it's amazing how America can take so many things and turn it into a symbol of racism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a town. So then uh, the next day she's reading in the library and Sarah comes in. Uh, she then states that uh, it's this is like a big deal for her to be in here. Not a lot of people get access. And Sarah asks, or uh, Liz asks if her friend had been in here. She goes, no. Uh, she goes, you're one of the first people to be let in here in a very long time. Um, she, uh, then reads a little line and she reads that, uh, this little line that says, those that who look upon the beast go blind, who see the beast's true form, they go blind. And that ends that 20 minutes. Okay. Her father has something to do with this ancient order of nuns that apparently have a whole bunch of sus shit going on above so much more than just your normal nunnery. Yeah. A lot of sus shit going on right now. They are excessive 
excessively, excessively devout. I would say fanatical. This cloister is an echo chamber of religious fervor, and it is building the longer we are in it in this movie. This second 20 minutes is all about showing you the fervor and the fury that it takes this small collection of nuns to try and keep this power at bay and how they are dwindling. You can see most of them are aged. The younger ones don't really seem to be in it as much or believe in it as much and or really capable of doing anything about it. So this power is dwindling and falling apart. You're watching it collapse as the new order rolls in slowly and fills the chamber more and more with water. But that's what I'm getting at is like they are very fanatical. This is like the most extreme. I think even Mel Gibson would look at these nuns and be like, ladies, take it back a notch. Let's uh, let's everyone settle down. This is getting a little crazy. <laughs> right. I mean, like these are beyond the doing the mass with your back facing the church yeah. and screaming it all in Latin, even though they won't understand it. This is a, I, this is a step beyond <laughs> even that for Catholicism. Man, Catholics are fucked up. Right. Yeah, that's a thing that they do. That's there. There's branches of Catholicism that do that still. So I just, yeah. well, I wanted to point that out. But this is a step beyond even that. So I think even that, which is probably the most fanatical Catholicism I can think of, <laughs> even that would think that this is fucked up what these nuns are doing. Uh, you're all crazy right now. Everyone's being crazy. Right. Right. And as as they're doing this, this chamber is still filling up with water. Yes, it's flowing back out. But as you notice, more and more water starts to collect, you know, and it's being even more tainted. And I believe the paintings that are happening in the chamber is another aspect of uh, something that we'll get to. Now, the blind man we did see painting during the murder, and he's painting the scene of the murder right above that cross. So yes. he's he's like a seer. He's being shown the visions of what's to come. It's a spiritual thing. It's being shown to him spiritually, and he's painting it. It's like a prophecy. If you pay attention to some of the paintings that he's doing, there are scenes that we'll see either we've seen previously in the film, so we know that he has also painted that vision. And then if you look, there are some things that are already painted that become a shot in the future and they do cut to it and show it as well. But the, the paintings are there and this guy's getting visions of things that are coming or things that have that are happening at the time and, and transfixing them and, and painting them there to try and capture what these visions are to communicate to the yeah. nuns what's happening. But it doesn't seem like they're really paying attention because yeah, it seems like it's almost like they got something bigger going on right but the problem is he's getting these visions from a very specific source and i can either spoil who i think this guy is or where this guy came from or we can hold on for the next 20 minutes um when we find more stuff out about what's going on with the supernatural causes but i just want to set it up that the thing that they talked about where you're blind or you look blind when you've looked upon the beast yeah there are two people we know that may have seen the beast thus far and who is that the one sacrificed nun at the beginning who fell on the rock yeah. and was shattered well, into we blood. know the old lady has probably right and there's probably been some other people as well but this old man clearly has as well that's why he has the eyes yeah. and then the one old nun has for sure but i have a specific person that i think that old man is and i'll bring it up when we get to it so let's all go right. on to the next 20 minutes i just want to point out like that's where we're going with gotcha. this all right so uh, she then hears sounds and she goes to investigate and she goes to that same cavern her friend was in murdered in. She sees the painting that the blind man had done of her friend's murder. She, uh, 
then the blind monk comes out. She starts getting freaked out, and the bridge she's standing on starts giving away. She's then pulled through a door, and we see it was Sarah who pulled her through. Um, Liz says that she knows the nuns killed her friends, and she even accuses Sarah so much of doing it as well. Like, I shouldn't trust you either. Sarah assures her that she is there to help her. And, like, why she's like, why did I be here when I've already, like, tried to kill you if that was all i wanted so uh it kind of gets liz's uh uh trust again they then go and keep investigating these different rooms and they find a painting of two girls holding the plaque uh liz asks sarah if she knows what the significance of the two girls are and sarah says she does not um uh, then their their light the candle starts going out so sarah says she has to go get some something more to go light up things she goes and after she leaves liz is attacked by another nun uh um, the nun starts choking her, but they're like, I don't know, in this upper structure. So she's up against the door, and Liz is able to lift up the door, the lock of the door. So the door flings open. They both fall out. Liz grabs like a rope while the other nun falls to her death. Sarah gets back and helps her get back inside and gets her into bed. And that is our next clip. I can't stay here. Where else can you go? I don't know. Village. Nobody will let you in. Listen to me. You're not safer here tonight. You need to rest. I'll stay with you. You know, when I was a child, I was scared of nuns. They gave me the creeps. I suppose what's happening just proves your fear was justified. Yeah, I suppose it does. It's funny, but that's almost all I remember of my childhood. It's like the first seven years have been erased from my memory. My father always tried to keep me in the dark about my past. He didn't even have a photograph of me before my seventh birthday. My first English birthday. What do you mean, your first English birthday? I wasn't born there. I was born on this island, Sarah. This is where I spent the first seven years of my life. I didn't know anything about it. My father told me just before he died, and then he made me promise never to come here. Now I wish I'd kept that promise. But you had to come, Elizabeth. Maybe. Maybe I had to come. Look, why don't you try and sleep now? The door is locked and I'll stay with you tonight. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, all right. And here's where a very young court was extremely disappointed we didn't get a lesbian love scene because that's really what he wanted the first time he rented this. I didn't see that. I'd feel bad for court, too. The adult court can delay gratification until after the movie's over to see that kind of stuff and just enjoy the story he's being told, which should be creeping him out. Yeah, because then he can join the Internet and just find whatever he needs. Yes. Well, adult court could find anything he needs on the Internet. Young child court could not and was hoping it would be in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Young child court had a was having a bad time. (laughs) Yeah, the Internet sucked in 94. Yeah. (laughs) So, um. Then we continually start hearing a baby crying. 
And uh, Liz goes to check it out. And as she walks out, she hears a girl's laughter. And then we see two young girls appear with a crucified nun behind them. The nun starts screaming and Liz wakes up. Yeah, that's kind so, of a truncation of what happens. It's a very hallucinatory sequence and they keep moving slowly towards her as if they're drifting or yeah. just suddenly reappear. And, it, and it's like a white smoke is behind them, all this kind of stuff. Right, so. and it's a very menacing thing. Then the children disappear and there's nothing left but this like eyeless nun. She's completely eyeless. There's just skin grown over top of where her eyes should be. And then she's just like in this screaming face moving around and crucified in this horrific demon grimace that slides closer and closer as if whatever this evil is just keeps getting closer to her and that's what terrifies her and wakes her up so yeah. there's very serious symbolism in that that you need to you know fucking talk about <laughs> well I'm fucking you're here you just talked about it <laughs> right i'm i'm supplementing oh i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're doing here i just i wrote the notes and then i expect you to fucking tell me what's happening with this shit <laughs> I did. Um, Just doing my part of the job. Thank you. Um, So uh, the next morning, uh, as she comes down, she sees the boat leaving, and she's rightfully pissed because didn't Sarah say she was going to let her know the boat wasn't going to be here for a while, like for another week, so she shouldn't even be ready to leave? Well, there was the boat, and it just left. Yeah, she's Um, fucked. She's trapped. Yep. Uh, she, uh, goes into a, a, this, like, little shack area, um, that's, uh, kind of just, uh, I don't know, like the boathouse or whatever, but, um... We see a, a dead guy in a coffin, and another guy comes up, and he's holding the bloody knife. Looks like he's I'm fucking, well, he's probably doing a, a autopsy on him, or you would think. Uh, <laughs> uh, or something asked, so much worse. Yes. She asked when the next boat is coming, but he's like, it's not coming for a long time. She said they have any phones there, and he's like, we have no phones. She asked about mail. When, when will the next mail, can she get a letter out? And he goes, the mail will come sometimes on the boat. You're, you know, your luck is when it actually gets taken. So uh, she asks if uh, any young woman had tried to send a letter earlier that never went out. And he lets her look through, and sure enough, uh, there's a letter from her friend, her friend's last letter. Um, She then leaves, and she sees this blind woman knitting, and she walks over the blind woman who keeps saying the name Babushka. And she feels her face, the uh, Liz's face, and she says, you are back. Well, that kind of freaks Liz out, so she leaves, and she reads her friend's last letter, and our next clip. I hope to God this letter reaches you in time. Don't come, Elizabeth. Your father knew he tried to protect you. Someone or something is trying to put the amulet together again. I have found the location of one of the pieces of the image of the beast. She who was and is not and yet is. The amulet must prevent the image of the beast ever being whole again. Please, God, have mercy on my soul. Ooh, creepy. I know, right? So then we see a vision of little girl uh, singing, and we hear her singing, and she has a bloody mouth. Um, then we see Liz is walking on dead fish, and she drops down and starts eating them. And we get visions of this girl with a bloody mouth and visions of that troll dude on the boat eating. She starts eating, and that ends our current 20 minutes. Okay, a couple things we need to talk about for Lovecraftian boxes being ticked. Yeah. The nightmare sequences that 
that are like visions of what's to come in their life. That's very Lovecraftian. Uh-huh. Uh, the two little girls that are carrying the amulet and the medallion that we saw and set up earlier as being part of those visions where they are obviously twins signifies something and why it's being shown to her also signifies something. It's a nice setup of a vision, a visual clue of what's to come. That's something that we need to talk about. And then that letter that is from her uh, friend, like the last correspondence from her friend, that letter and the way that it's worded and how it feels very like I'm go now to my death in the way that it's yeah. worded is extremely Lovecraftian where it's like, this is the point where she should have been running to go get the boat. You know, yes. like is she reads the letter and the letter should have been the thing that made her want to go get the boat. And now she's too late. You know, they tried yeah. to make it feel like the nuns are up to something sinister in keeping her there. But I think if it would have been the letter is the thing that made her go. And then it turns out she's just too late because no one told her that automatically implies that the nuns were too late. You know, like maybe her, she finds the letter and the nuns outgoing mail thing that they never take to the boat. Yeah. You know, or something, something along those lines like find it there you, and either way you get a very dread feeling that she is fucked right and that's when she goes to get to the boat that's when the guy's super creepy and unhelpful you know like that that makes a better like building of tension the tension yeah. is diffused when she gets away from him so when she reads the letter you're like oh well we already know you're fucked because you can't get off the island so this letter has less of an effect <laughs> yeah right we already know that you're dead <laughs> right that's the only thing that I think Lovecraft would have probably done differently but yeah. otherwise it's extremely Lovecraftian it's just a different order and that's the choice that this writer director made which is totally fine that's their choice i'm just saying that's my preferred way that i feel it would be more lovecraftian to go uh well i mean all of it sounds really creepy to me i'm like uh this is <laughs> fucked up yeah yeah well she's she's clearly screwed like whatever's gonna happen now she just has to resign herself to a horrible fate because she's a protagonist in a very lovecraft inspired story and yeah. her sanity and or life is now forfeit well that's happy <laughs> um all right, so uh, then we start the next 20 minutes. She bursts into her room. She starts vomiting because, you know, she realizes she was just eating fucking land fish. Like fucking like a warm fish salad. You. Yeah, she bit into it like there was no tomorrow. And she looked very much like that half-bred deep one thing, which is yep. another visual clue. Yes. Sarah comes to the door and wants to be let in, but Liz will not let her in, claiming that she lied to her about the boat. Sarah claims that it was a messed up. She messed up. There was a misunderstanding. She thought it was next week, but uh, Liz doesn't care and says she's tired and needs to go to sleep. Um, she uh, goes to bed and has dreams of the nun and the, and the crucifix and the little girls. Well, she wakes up and she walks out into the hall and she sees that old lady who had touched her face out in the hall, walks away. She walks up to where she was and finds a fabric with some symbols and what it seems to be like a demon face on it. Then uh, we see that same creepy dude who told her about the boats in the mail. Well, he's outside and now he's feeding parts of that one dude to the birds. Because we see an empty, bloody co coffin. I think that is how the bodies are disposed of on this island. I I, I would say that you were probably very correct on that. It's yeah. very rocky soil. There is nowhere else to bury it. So they literally yep. just feed it to the sea again. Also, I believe that this island is heavily engaged in sacrifices to this thing in the deep. And this is part of it. Their dead are forfeit to the animals that inhabit the land that belongs to this thing. Yeah. Uh, the dude says 
says that uh, he has something to show her. And he's showing these pictures. And he shows that old blind woman. He goes, no one really on the island has ever really liked her. It then shows another picture. That picture is that old woman with a younger woman. And a picture of her father when he was younger. And she's starting to realize that younger woman is her mother. So that means this old lady is her grandmother. Because the guy says that's that old woman's daughter. Liz walks into a shack and she's having visions of a little girl playing. She sees a pic of her mom with two little girls. She is then confronted by the old lady. And that is our Elizabeth. next clip. My name is Elizabeth. You I don't know what you want from me, but I think you owe me an explanation. Your health changed, Lochka. Don't you call me that again. Don't you ever call me that. He's a wolf, not a wolf. If you call it by any other name. I don't need riddles, I need answers. Where is my mother? That should I eat for you. Lies! That's all I ever got from my father, and now that's all I'm getting from you. This photograph was taken six years after my birth. She didn't die giving birth to me. I didn't say that. You said she's dead. She would be if she'd ever been born. Ooh, creepy shit going on right now. A lot of creepy shit. Anyway, right at this point in time, a group of fucking nuns bursts in and throws one of the flaming crosses in there, burning the lady alive, the old lady, and her hut. Liz is able to make an escape, and then we cut to the blind monk. He is painting this happening, this this fire. Liz, uh, uh, Liz tries to comfort the old woman as she just screams uh, her name and, uh, you know, as she's she's extra crispy, pretty much. She's extra crispy grandma. So that's 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 too bad, but it's it's what happened. The whole time she's screaming the name of what she says this little girl's name was that is yeah. now the grown woman we know as Elizabeth. She just keeps screaming that no matter how much pain she's in over and over again. Yes. Yeah, that is true. Uh, also, I wanted to point out the thing that you were talking about, the, the cloth with the paintings on it i believe that was actually human skin and blood wow okay then i guess jesus <laughs> right and the design and the whole thing that is what's on that amulet sigil thing that we were seeing earlier that was broken that's the exact oh. same stuff the same it's just written in different like it's written out like a scroll instead okay. of written around in a circle like you would do on a medallion it's just written out to the side but it's the same face and then all of those same symbols again which i do believe is like i said i don't think it's i don't think it's cloth i think that was supposed to be human skin like dried like leatherish yeah and then human blood because it's very very red ink <laughs> it's very red almost too red well i mean dried call overdoing it on fucking red yeah but it's like dried blood crimson scab looking blood on the, the skin yes yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so, so like that's the like the, what I'm getting at is there are there is very serious worship of this being happening everywhere else on the island with the nuns fighting it and they're losing the numbers. And part of what they're doing is trying to excise the power by getting rid of some of the followers and then also silence them because Elizabeth is learning more and more about her true nature 
And the more people are telling her stuff, the more the nuns have to kill them. <laughs> because, you know, they're trying to keep Elizabeth from learning, but for some yeah. reason she's stuck there. Let's just call it supernatural. And yeah. so the nuns are fighting off the people from... Because if Elizabeth learned more about herself right there in that cabin before <laughs> it was burned down to the ground, I think it would have been far too late for the nuns to be able to do anything else. But really, the nuns are just <laughs> making Elizabeth hate them even more by doing this right in front of her. Yeah, I mean, they are really just, man, they're not really caring anymore. I think they're in the end game. They know that. So now they don't have to hide so much from her. Right. This is it. And they're making their next move. I think they're sacrificing their knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something like <laughs> I don't know chess. <laughs> what well, I mean, however, however, one plays chess these days. I play it via watching Queen's Gambit and feeling like I could probably never learn to play chess. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that's how I feel too. Watching anybody play chess. Uh, then Lee sees more nuns, all holding burning crosses, and runs. Uh, the uh, then we see one of the nuns that uh, they bring out the fire painting and bring it to the oldest nun. The oldest nun starts rubbing it. The nun Sarah goes into a cavern and she finds a piece of the plant. Just then she hears someone coming, so she hides it in the dirt, and it's another nun, and that nun brings out a sword and try or a knife and tries to kill Sarah. Uh, and then the, uh, we cut to all the nuns with the burning crosses storm another house. And, uh, then we cut to, we see in a really fucked up dead nun. So that can't be good, right? <laughs> I mean, yikes. Yeah, she got fucked the hell up. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. So then we see Liz hiding from the dead nuns and she enters some, uh, a different entrance to these caves, these caverns. She sees a, uh, Jesus up on the cross. Uh, with water coming down all around it, and she finds a piece of the plaque, and she grabs that, which seems to be the centerpiece, the most important piece. That's also where her friend died, so the piece called her to it. Yeah. And by removing it, she starts the process even faster by touching just that one piece. Good times. Uh, so... Like I said, it's the focus of the power, and once it touches her, yeah. I think that's all it needs to do what's about to happen. There's a lot of uh, weird noises, and uh, the old blind nun and the old blind monk, are they're kind of freaking out uh, with the formers. As she rubs that fire painting more and more, we now get a, like, a, a face of the beast. Uh, Which is from see, the carving and then also the other painting yeah. that I feel was done on the skin and blood. This door is, sh there's a door that's shaking, it breaks, and then whatever comes out of it starts attacking the nuns that were all having the crosses and shit. Um, uh, then uh, as Liz is walking back, a nun uh, attacks her, tries to cut her, and she does cut her, she has a knife, but Liz, Liz is able to wrestle it out of her hands, through a, through, you know, throws her hand through a window, so it breaks, she lets go of the knife, they fight on the ground, and then Liz just smacks the nun's head repeatedly to the ground, most likely killing her. Not shot that well, not very convincing, but that is a hell of a brutal death when you do it right. It's just that they didn't have the right angles when they shot it for this. And you could tell yeah. she was really trying to be gentle with the head, even though there yeah. should have been padding back there to make it more convincing. Right. Should have <laughs> been something going on. Yeah, I mean, you had a whole entire habit to hide like a whole bunch of stuff. You could have really had some head bashing going on and get away with it. Like, all she had to do was hold on to the nun's head and then the one that was playing the victim could have been doing all the slamming and they could have yeah. made it look like she was doing it. Something good like yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, so then, um, so then uh, Liz starts freaking out while holding the piece of the plaque she has. She tries to smash it, but it doesn't work. It will not break this piece. We then, she sees like these cut visions of like a skinned animal and that ends that 20 minutes and we're starting to go into our last 
20 now. I think what we're seeing here so far is pretty self-evident of what's going on where Elizabeth is being called to this. Elizabeth was apparently a twin. Her original name was something that I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to bother trying. Um, And her mother isn't even who the old woman said that was in the photos. Who she was told was her mother was not her real mother, is what the old woman kept trying to tell her. But she did, in fact, have an identical twin sister. Jesus, that's some harsh shit right there. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of revelations that are going on, and she's from this island, and a whole bunch of bad things are happening, and it's very much centered around her arrival at this island, all this hell that is breaking loose. She should figure out what it means for her and her twin, more or less. Yeah, agreed. So, um, then entering into the last 20 minutes here, Liz uh, hears crying again, and she walks through this one room, and in the room, it's just, uh, it's it's a dead nun. She walks over a dead nun. She enters the room, and we see her talk. we hear Sarah talking to her, and Sarah re- reels herself, and that's our final clip. Sarah? I've been waiting for you, sister. Why, Sarah? Why? Our father was scared of what you are. You, so pretty and so like him. He thought religion would save you. Fool. I think it's madness. I think we should stop it. Stopping it and stopping us. It's part of us, Elizabeth. It's not part of me. What are you afraid of, Elizabeth? Are you afraid of this? <laughs> You're afraid of yourself. Father tried, but it all was in vain. of the beast, born from the union of human being and the mother of eternal sorrow. We need you. No. No. This time, I will not allow it. This time, you will to me everything like you did 20 years ago. To say when Sarah says became afraid of becoming this, Sarah is has been all the way like other nuns covered head to toe in this kind of sax type stuff. Well, she lets it all go, and Sarah is well, she's not altogether human. She's all sorts of fucked up half demon. She is a crossbreed as well, but she is the one that is showing more prominently the mutations of madness from this void that this thing comes from that was their mother. And Elizabeth, our heroine, presents as perfectly normal as far as we can tell. And, and you know, that's why she was taken away by the father and this other child was abandoned because the one started mutating and Elizabeth was fine. So she got taken away. That explains yeah. why Sarah's a little standoffish and also wanted to trap her here by lying to her about when the boat would leave, which is why the nuns are pissed that she is still here because they wanted her gone. Yeah. So that makes sense. That kind of flows for the story going here. What I wanted to point out is the Waitleys. There is a story of the Waitleys, which I can't remember. I think it's, is it the Dunwich Horror? I believe is the Lovecraft story I'm thinking of where um, Wilbur's brother is hidden up in a loft and not able to be seen because it's a mutated creature. And that's very okay. much what's going on with this. Only they kind of made the very mutated creature be the mother and then the slightly mutated one that had to hide its 
looks, which would be Wilbur would be the sister in this. And now we have the normal child that got taken away. Uh, now, the normal child taken away from this madness and brought back to an island that they were born on, but they know nothing about. And it's nothing but horror. Yeah, that's very Lovecraftian as well. So they, they're they <laughs> fucking nailing it. And let's let's move on and finish this off. All right. All right. Um, so uh, Sarah is uh, or I'm sorry, the, we get a vision again of showing uh, uh, the nuns with uh, the whole plaque. Uh, then, uh, we get Liz asking if mom, if their mother is there. And Sarah says she is, and if she likes, she can go meet her. Sarah, uh... Or then Liz goes and sees a nun who we are, are we to believe this is their mother on a cross? Uh, no, because we think their mother's the demon, right? Yeah, no, the person on the cross is the mother superior. Oh, the mother superior. So anyway, um, see, so then, uh, Liz then puts her little centerpiece down where, uh, in the middle of all the other pieces. So now the plaque may be back together. Uh, but first... What she has to do, she dives her hand into Mother Superior's gut and pulls them out, dropping blood all over the plat. The be- a beast hand comes out and feeds Liz some flesh. Uh, then you can hear her tell her dad when she was younger and see visions of her as a child saying that it's winning, daddy, it's winning. Um, uh, so then her and her sister both take the plaque. This is now totally together. They raise it up and we see the beast starts coming out. So this must be their mother. Um, yes. Then seeing it, Liz throws the plaque down, breaks it apart, runs. The cave starts collapsing, earthquakes, screaming, and then it goes black. Then we see on the shores, another nun walks out and she walks out onto the beach. We see it's Liz. We see she has a piece of the plaque around her neck and we see that now she has gone blind, which says she's seen the beast, but the fact she's keeping her part of the broken plaque, she is trying to protect the rest of the world, not release it. Roll credits. I don't know if she's protecting the rest of the world or if that just so happens to be her walking with the piece of the plaque to focus the beast power, but she also contains it now to whatever this creature is. She's now the gateway. I took it that because she's in the nun uniform now, she is now protecting the, uh, she is now taking up the protectorate of everything. Much like the oldest nun did, who was also blind, now Liz has taken over that position, and that's what she's starting. All right, we'll just agree to disagree. But what I wanted to get to here, the nun that was thrown off the cliff and sacrificed with the symbol being broken, and then uh-huh. was taken into the ocean, because we do see her body just kind of disappear from the rock at some point, I think. Or we're, we're led to believe that's when what's going to happen, that the ocean is taking her. Yeah. I believe that her body was transformed by this deity thing that was in the deep in the ocean and turned into what would become their mother because she, they said the mother was never born nor so therefore she cannot die. Mm-hmm. I think she was created. They they took what they needed and mutated or changed the body and sort of made it a living thing that would be able to house a hybrid creature to be able to take over the world that way or, or basically start to bring more of their kind to the surface to start taking over the world. You know what I mean? Or start to be in control. <laughs> Yeah. And, and give more purchase for these creatures to come over into our realm. Um, uh-huh. Now, so that mother is born, and the horrible thing that we were trying to figure out what it was that her fa- 
father did was mate with this thing. He put two babies in it, and he is the cause of the hybrid of that creature that was hidden behind the wall. Now, I believe that the nuns, part of the thing that they were trying to keep at bay was the creature that was in the wall, which is the mother and also the the embodiment of the power of this entity on the planet, you know, or, or in our realm above the, the ocean. And uh, the one daughter was the closest or got the most like those Deep Ones genetics, if you will. And then Elizabeth had it, but it wasn't as powerful in her because that's how twins work. You know, sometimes they, they are not fraternal. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's not the same zygote that splits, you know? That's just what <laughs> no, I'm getting at here. Okay, yeah. so so Elizabeth is very different, and the father relents what it is that he's done, so he literally pays for the upkeep of these most fanatical nuns to keep this thing that used to be his wife entombed, and to pray away the power of this being that would destroy our world by breeding its kind with ours, which is very Lovecraftian. He was very xenophobic and really fucking racist. Jesus. <laughs> but that's kind of one of the things that he had worried about, where these deep ones were mating with humans and starting to sort of like slowly change us that way and then also influence us and poison us with you know in our fish and whatever we took out of the ocean that kind of thing that was like his fear was very xenophobic his horror was based in so that's there's yeah. that as well and what I saw at the end was she's coming back as a nun but she has the medallion and she's going to keep spreading this throughout the entirety of the Christian faith and that's how they're going to slowly take over the belief structure as well <laughs> for the for the deep ones and the ancient ones to, to rise through her power. That's how I took it, is that yeah. she is she's now a missionary for their side and she's See, taking and I, the fight to them. I took it because she did smash the plaque, so she had second thoughts about releasing the beast. So that's what she did. So now the beast is still trapped and now Yeah, you're assuming you're, you're assuming she won though. Well she she did win, but she, she also lost because now she has to deal with being this person for the rest of her life and also being blind. Well, okay, so you're saying she won, but that her sanity flag has is to gone. Be together for that beast to come out, but or she still has no the beast. But she still has the most important piece, and you think she's taking it off the island to try and keep this from ever happening again? In that way, I don't think she's leaving the island. She's going to stay on the island. She's just the nun on this island now. <laughs> oh, so you're you're thinking that this is the end of the Sentinel, basically? Yeah, she's not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> this is just now what she does for eternity. Yes. <laughs> All right, I could kind of see that, but I think it won. And I think she's she's about to leave the island and she is going to take this stain to the rest of the world and, and taint it. And that's very Lovecraftian. That's how I'm interpreting it. But, you know, we can agree to disagree on that point. What, yeah. I, what I'm getting at, though, is visually speaking, there's a lot of really rich storytelling and symbolism built into this. And for a 1993 film, my hat's off to you, man. This is really well fucking done. It really is. I, I totally agree. This is how you do an art film, man. You don't do pretentious bullshit. You just fucking show me a bunch of weird shit and let me figure it out on my own. Yeah. <laughs> and tell them to go fuck themselves. Sort of. But I'm just, what I'm, what I'm what I'm getting at is I don't need a bunch of people sitting around sipping tea and talking about the finer points in life in my, my art films. Just show me a bunch of weird shit and freak me out, man. Yeah. Well, there you go. Why not? <laughs> Freaking people out's art. Everything's art. You want it to be. Yeah. No, this is like a David Lynchian Lovecraftian tale all mixed together. Yeah. And I, I really dug the way that they did it the hallucinatory body horror you know aspect that they threw in over top of the lovecraftian stuff because there's a lot of body horror and the misshapen things that you cannot describe 
And I really appreciate that their mother, the creature that it is, we don't get a lot of really good glimpses of it, but what we see of it is really horrific. And that's a very Lovecraftian thing where it's this horrific, misshapen thing that you can't really describe when you see it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that yeah, was I liked, that I liked the creature. I thought the creature was really well done, too. It looked good. Yeah. I mean, there's even the mutations of what was going on with the, the sister that was like already a part yeah. of this thing. Yeah. And you get to f- turn on when she shed her stuff. Sort of. But then I realized that I could see all the seams in the makeup and I got less turned on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's a boner killer for my FX nerdness. Uh, uh, what, <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I kind of wanted to discuss, too, uh, with the, the daughter and the mother and the mutations and all of that kind of stuff, the Lovecraft aspect of that um, that I was mentioning in the Dunwich Horror that that permeates a lot of the other tales where something taints the land. Uh, you see that in like the story for Color Out of Space. This stuff lands in a well, and then all of a sudden, everything in the water table where this thing landed in the well, or in the water table, I should say, the plants start growing weird, and all these different colors start happening where it hurts your eyes, and people start changing, the animals start changing, and just patients start happening, and then all of a sudden things just start dying off where it's like a poison in the earth too. the way that it kind of spreads. Yeah. It's really nasty. And the story gets really intense uh, as it's going out. And that's, that's something that we kind of see here with the ocean. It's, it's coming into this land and it's eroding it away. It's removing the religion, the closest that it could get to the ocean and it's replacing it with its own stuff. And I just feel like that's kind of what the symbolism of that was where it's, it seems to roll back and it seems like you've won, but then it always like, every the next wave comes rolling in and comes even further out and smashes and that's why i'm thinking that it looks like she defeated it and the ocean is rolling back the waves going back and the tide might be out but it's still coming back man and it's going to be even stronger that's why she always is going to hold on to that piece so it can never come back <laughs> you hope but your your feeble prayers against the deep ones will never win <laughs> uh, it's not really a prayer I'm, I'm, I'm trusting a blind nun over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that she never goes bad. She what she's doing. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm done arguing over what the ending of this movie might have been. Let's get into some PSYOP news, I know, dude. I, know, I love how you're always like, we can disagree on this, and then, but I'm still going to tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> no, I just wanted to tell you my side of it is what I was getting at. You didn't let, well, me, do, yes. you didn't let me finish, so there we are. I'm uh, finished. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to play the fucking promo. Why don't you just shut the fuck up for once? I'm sorry. Are you having trouble keeping up with the ebbs and flows of modern geekery? Is the real world holding you back from knowing what is happening in the geeky world? To answer these and other personal problems brought in by your friends, gaming group, and loved ones, Geek Radio Daily presents daily informational sessions brought to you by the wonderful Billy Flynn, the Flynnstress, and podcasting's Rich Siegfried. They contain such helpful segments as history, geek birthdays, box office results, the latest in DVD and Blu-ray, video game and comic releases. Why, they also have a Sweekly show hosted by the wonderful Billy Flynn and the Flynnstress, which includes interviews and commentary. And to make sure you are informed, Geek Radio Daily also provides you with your daily dose of geek news to make sure you know more than that jerk know-it-all Steve. Visit us at geekradiodaily.com. That's right, Geek Radio Daily. All the geek without the weight. Now available in fine Caribbean leather.
Yeah, that totally would have fit in the movie, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have. Definitely. <laughs> that was absolutely 100% something that you could have snagged right out of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's make the audience say yeah and give them some psyop news. Ah, that is our boy Scott from the Friday Nightmares podcast. All right, Scott. Warren police searching for cereal pooper after multiple vehicles hit. Pull it, just Warren, to pull it. Warren, Detroit. Uh, uh, Warren, uh, Michigan, I guess. Warren police say they are investigating after two incidents involving a man pooping inside vehicles. All cops are bumbling dummies. Police say the first incident occurred shortly after midnight at Friendly Auto on Van Dyke when the suspect defecated into uh, into a 2009 Chrysler Town and Country. You want to do a little ass play? It's, it's fucking cold, man. I mean, that's... I think it was warmer when this article took place. Maybe. I hope so. The second incident happened at Twins Tire on Van Dyke on February 3rd. No, it's February, man. I'm saying it's Yeah, but cold. February 3rd, it was warmer. I spilled pee all over the place, but I cleaned it up. I don't know what they got a problem with. It's still going to be pretty cold in Michigan, though. I'm just saying. Uh, but not this cold. But it's still going to be pretty cold to do this. Uh, and at 5.13 a.m., surveillance video shows the man leaving his vehicle, walking over to a white van, opening up the driver's side door, and squatting down. And who's not locking their fucking doors? What's with all that asshole creep? Well, that too. Police say the service center cleaned the vehicle at no cost to the owner. Warren police are asking for public's help or any additional information regarding the suspect. I wasn't so, going to go shoulder deep for real. Keep keep looking for the, the pooper, man. America is uh, a bunch of cunts. This was much funnier when the serial pooper was pooping on like in like golf courses and shit. That, that's much funnier when he yeah, was pooping on a funnier. golf course. Pooping in people's cars. Yeah, that's... Randomly fucking pulling a Chicago sunroof on somebody is not cool. <laughs> Is that what it's actually called, or did you just make that up? Uh, th- that's what uh, it was called on Better Call Saul, and I'm, I'm taking oh, Saul's okay. word for it on this. Okay, all right, yeah, all right. <laughs> I was supposed to say, because if you just made that up, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> just brilliant. Right, I'm talking like when you poop down through the sunroof. It's called a Chicago sunroof. It's a Chicago sunroof. In Better Call Saul, fucking... anyway, that's what he was uh, convicted of. You know what? I'll, 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 you know, I'll believe in it. Uh, <laughs> right, but like just randomly doing that just because you can, that's a really yeah. fucking, just, it's awful. Like it, on a fucking uh-huh. golf course, it's funny because you're inconveniencing people that are wasting money on golf. No shit. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, hold on a second. Now, I waste money on golf. Okay, then on a ritzy private golf club course. Oh, okay, yeah, then that's fine. Yeah, I don't shit, in, shit in the golf holes of rich people <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Ruin rich people's good time. I'm all about that. <laughs> Fuck rich people. Also, finger bang a girl with a corpse hand. I mean, you might want to do that, I I guess, if you're into it. I'm advocating it. corpse fucking here. Okay, I don't know if you can do that, but if you and the girl are into it, you probably can go ahead and do that. A girl gets terrified enough, the only thing that's going to solve that is a cock. I I, I, I I don't know about that, man. I, I wouldn't say that. The loving three-way with a corpse? 
you know, I don't know if it could be lovey. Necrophilia could be overlooked. Necrophilia could be overlooked. Eh, probably can. <laughs> Let's do another news story. That one was pretty short. Right. Yeah, that was pretty short. This, uh, this our man in the field, Robert. Yes, our man in the field, Robert. Our cub reporter, if you would. Uh, yes, koala rescued after causing five-car pileup on Australian freeway. Oh, that's just adorable. I know, and there's even a picture of the goddamn fluffy little bastard hanging onto a steering wheel. I make so money from my sex work. He declares. Check this out through the announcements. What? <laughs> I have the most confused direction right now. How dare you, sir? This is a koala. <laughs> this is like traces of death fucked a porno. I, uh, I mean, out of Australia, obviously. A koala has been rescued after causing a five-car pileup while trying to cross a six-lane freeway in southern Australia. Police said the crash in heavy Monday morning traffic in the city of Allendale was caused, uh, has caused some injuries, but no one required an ambulance. The animal's rescuer said she got out of her car to investigate what had caused the pileup. Uh, uh, Nadia Tugwell with her coat in hand, teamed up with a stranger clutching a blanket in a bid to capture the marsupial. Bathe in the blood a, of virgins? A concrete highway divider had blocked the koala's crossing. The koala was uh, quoted as saying, the koala was absolutely not damaged in any way, Tugwell said. It was very active, but very calm. Once the koala was in her trunk, Tugwell drove to a gas station to turn the animal over to wildlife rescuers. In the interim, the koala was able to climb up from the trunk into her SUV's cabin. Jesus Christ! It decided to come to the front toward me. So I said, okay, you stay here, I'll get out, she said. It started sitting for a while on the steering wheel, as if saying, let's go for a drive, and that's when I started taking photos, she added. Tugwell said she had learned from past experience how to calm koalas by covering their eyes. She lives near a eucalyptus forest outside of Annadale and has twice called animal handlers to rescue koalas injured in fights with other koalas. She stated, I lived up in the hills, and if you let them do what they want to do, and you don't chase them or something, they're okay, Tugwell said. I got no uh, fucking clips for koalas and fighting koalas. I got nothing. I know, man, but fighting koalas sounds pretty fucking metal. Uh, the <laughs> they call those things drop bears for a reason. I believe that's what yeah. Witch says they call them, is drop bears. They'll fuck you up, that, man. The, oh, I, I've heard that. That Yeah, well, they koalas look fucking oh, cute and shit. They'll fuck you up in a quick second. Yeah, they're fucking evil, man. Yeah. Uh, the leather trimmings of her luxury vehicle were scratched by the animal, but Tugwell said the happy ending was well worth the damage. The koala later was released in a forest uh, well away from the freeway. So, holy shit. So that koala just caused a five-car pileup, crossed six lanes of the freeway on foot. Damn. Live to tell Good the job. tale and fuck up the lady who rescued its SUV. Yeah, yeah, but fuck it. You know, she sounds happy she did it. And yeah, she got a cute-ass picture of that fucking koala just clinging onto her goddamn steering wheel. And it's fucking adorable. <laughs> even though that thing would eat your face. Even, yeah, even though it would eat my... I'm being respectful. It's adorable. I wouldn't go in there and go and pet, like, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Yeah, you would die. A horrible, yeah. horrible death. I know many people who would probably die like that. That'd be the last words. Who's a good boy? That's it. I may or may not be them. You might be them. Yeah. I am them. <laughs> you are them. <laughs> All right. Only it's... yours would be like a fucking huge tiger. Who's a good... Look at the kitty. <laughs> or a mountain lion or something. Yeah, something. Bobcat comes strolling in. No, I'm much more leery of animals I don't know than my wife is. That's how my wife will die. Her last words yeah, will be, give me a kitty. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm really leery of animals that, you know, are wild animals. I'm like, nah, I'm going to give you guys your space. You do you. I'll do me. We'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'll give the cat some space and I'll go, you know, kind of past it. 
But if it looks like it's friendly and it wants attention, I'll also love on it. Like a neighbor's cat that kept coming up to our porch in no, like yeah, yeah. October. See, that's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're way off topic and let's just go ahead and end this fucking overlong show. So we're going to play Woo! the ending Legion promo. We'll have a little bit more music that fits with the feeling of the music in the film. And when we come back, we will close out this fucking show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. getting suckered in on that one i can't play that for too awful long though. <laughs> Ooh, that was all kinds of spooky that was i got all spooked out that or i'm just frozen i don't know it's one of the two <laughs> possibly frozen yeah uh, <laughs> so a uh, little joke for uh, the locals out here there's a restaurant that's pretty much just like an omaha thing runza right Runza, yep. <laughs> and they, they have a thing they do every fucking Tuesday where it's temperature Tuesdays, where you yeah. pay you pay for a Tuesday at 6 a.m. Whatever the temperature is at 6 a.m., you pay for your Runza. And it's, it's looking like they're going to be paying their audience 20 bucks to eat a Runza. Yeah, it's... The lines around the block are going to be horrific. I mean, I'm not going to get a Runza tomorrow. I, I like Runzas, but 
it's not that important. I can pay for a fucking Runza, but they're in a lot of trouble tomorrow. <laughs> By the way, a lot of schools are also closed tomorrow, so double up some of that business. <laughs> right. You thought that resources were going to be drained by just electricity and gas alone and your, your utilities, but no, there's going to be a very serious short supply of Runzas in the Omaha area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just a little bit of local color for everybody because we never talk about this town in a positive light, but let's have a little yeah. fun at its expense. It's a little fun. Yeah, a lot of people are posting, you know, the little um, puppet monkey meme where it's looking one way or another. Yeah, I, I was, everyone, I shared that. Yeah, is that literally what you said? Okay, yeah. good, because <laughs> I've seen like three of those, and I'm like, yep, that's pretty much runs it right now. Fuck. <laughs> every every franchise owner's probably looking at their phones. Shit. <laughs> well, I don't know about you folks, but I sure would like to know of all the previous instances on our podcast where we have talked about things that only people in Omaha will give a fuck about. I guess the best place to find that is legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. That's our main landing and launching page where all previous 287 Jesus fucking Christ we've been doing this way too fucking long episodes mm-hmm. of Cinema PsyOps are available for you 287 consecutive weeks of this fucked up stupid fucking show yeah but they seem to want more of it <laughs> and it's all available there legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash PsyOps we also have a Facebook group where you can join and hang out in post of a shit nature if you would like I'm pretty sure that's what this group is. It's just shit posting yep. for the sake of shit, shit posting. Poster and internet trolls. That's all we are. <laughs> Mostly. But it's all in good fun. And there's a bunch of yeah. weird shit in there that's even starting to freak me out. So you guys have finally made it to the point where I'm regretting creating this show. Thank you. <laughs> Never regret. <laughs> that's our Facebook group at Cinema PsyOps. I'm also available there for your tagging purposes, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. I'm Court PsyOps on Facebook. Matt is also available for your tagging purposes. And you know what he means by that as Matt Psyop. You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com, and let him know when a woman says it's an okay size, what she really means is that's a little small. Well, fine. All right. Psyopmatt at gmail.com. Fucking brutal. You can also email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com, and let him know that people in glass houses need to put the penis pump down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just <laughs> penis pump. This sort of thing is court psyops bag, baby. <laughs> you could also tweet a couple of tweets on the hate-filled shit fest that has been reformed by Pornbot Haven of Twitter. Mm. I am at court underscore psyop, and he is at psyop Matt. You can yeah, at yeah, bring up the penis pumps for those things. <laughs> you can at us and say that that sort of thing really is your bag. You can also follow our Instagram, which is sadly penis pump free due to their stringent rules on society. Cinema underscore psyops is where we are there. That's where a lot of our favorite shit posting memes are harvested by me and then sown into the seeds of our internet <laughs> to be shared for all of us. Those are we we recycle them. That's good for the environment. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because wasteful memes just end up as microplastics and fish. Have you ever heard of global warming? Fuck, people. Come on. That's why it's so cold here. It's <laughs> fucking severe weather patterns. Well, while you're out there freezing your ass off once again and depressed as fuck about the winter, remember, hate keeps you warm, so kick the fuck out of this frigid week and make it your bitch.
Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. I can hear you. Sorry. Okay. Fucking yeah. whoever used the laptop last fucked up with the sounds on it. Okay. So oh, why don't you fun. start recording and making sure you are actually recording? Yeah. And, and I am recording. One, two, three. All right, awesome. Your waveform looks normal like it should. Awesome. Yeah, everything is normal. Okay. And you did Dark Waters from yes. 1993. Yep. Okay. One of the one of the later uh movies we've had in a long time. Like more modern, I guess. Uh yeah, but it's still like, you know, 60 years fucking old right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. You know those sparkling ice drinks we like? Yeah. I found fruit punch. <laughs> I really only like the black raspberry one, and I really like okay. the energy version of that. Oh yeah. See, I like the um black cherry and uh then this this fruit punch one though. And I can't I hardly have ever found that, but I found it at Baker's and bought there's like eight bottles left and I bought them all. Because I'm like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been collecting my pops obsessively as well during the pandemic. I try to store up as many as I can so I don't yeah. run out. <laughs> but the oh, supply shit. chains are getting a little bit better now, so it's not so bad. Well, that and people yeah. are probably out more. All right, let's uh, well, let's stop fucking around. Who knows when a rolling blackout might hit. Let's get this show going. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> All right, here we go. I don't know a lot about Lovecraft, so I'll have to take your word for that. <laughs> You're going to take my word for it anyway if you want to stay on this show. Okay, that was a weird flex, bro. But yeah, okay, I'm I'm in, I'm in, I'm 100 with Court here. It was Fuck just everyone else. It was just a good way to do a nice joke. Come on, let's move on. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Guess she has a right to be paranoid. Someone's watching. At least I always feel like somebody's watching me. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe Michael Jackson did that for that guy. I mean, what a nice thing. Uh, yeah, um, he was kind of forced to by the record producer. Yeah, guy yeah, that I, ran the company because it was his yeah, kid. So yeah, yeah, I was being I was being kind of an asshole. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Always an asshole. Yeah, this kind of flagellation is not all that shocking if you've ever been to a Catholic ceremony of any sort. Yeah, it's it's pretty much feel bad, you're bad, and everyone's terrible. That was just and your wedding. Yeah, yeah, that was really just what, what was said, and really was, I felt it was really pointed at me, so it was just like, we, we could really have done without all that. Um, <laughs> and I was like, Mom, sit down. So, Let the priest finish. <laughs> uh, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> you let this nice priest finish. Priest like, damn, lady, settle down. <laughs> Will you just let me have a legitimate relationship for once? She was stabbed like a lot, a lot by uh, a cloaked figure. It was and almost she, sexual. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, for you. <laughs> I like how you agree with me just to be able to move on. And then when you realize what I said, you had to modify. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, for you, it was sexual. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant in the amount of in and out and the way that the stabbing motion was done. I thought it was implied to be a bit of a sexual release for the killer. Uh, possibly, but also I think more for you. <laughs> anyway. Uh, the uh, I'm going to uh, kick shame you for the stabbing fetish, okay? <laughs> I am, okay? I'm sorry. There's just levels to this, okay? And you've reached one. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. And that is our next clip. God doesn't see when you do anal. Oops. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. That's what I heard. Three, two, one. Holy shit. I didn't know London was that bad, but her and her girlfriend both fucking hated London. I was like, God damn. All yeah, right. Yeah, they made it sound sorry, a whole hell of a lot like Wisconsin, didn't they? You motherfucker. I tell you, you can kiss my ass. Sound more <laughs> like Pennsylvania to me. <laughs> Pennsylvania is very strange. Our ways <laughs> are not your ways. And these things should be strange to you. 
It's amazing how America can take so many things and turn it into a symbol of racism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a town. So, because, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> fuck this place. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> ah, fuck, I lost my place after we talked about racism. Uh, <laughs> Did they make them any other way? <laughs> But I, I just gotta ask, and you asked it the same way, uh, when you say this is some of the most fanatical, all that, do they make nuns any other way? I mean, I've seen Sister Act, so I want to say yes, but... <laughs> Those are some singing nuns, though. <laughs> these are these are definitely stabbing nuns. <laughs> yeah, my attraction to women dressed up like nuns is a well-known bad habit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's forbidden. <laughs> Therefore, I must. <laughs> I, therefore, I must try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right. But good stuff. <laughs> they're dead it's or forfeit. Yeah, they're the circle of life. Well, it's a circle of life, man. Come on. I mean, Elton John sang about it. Will you just let it be? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna fuck myself up with that one. That's what you get for trying to quote a fucking Disney movie. I know, right? Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Uh, it, it wasn't good. So, uh, god damn it, I keep losing my fucking place. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> we were so on last week. We had like no outtakes, and this episode is nothing but outtakes. Oh fuck. this frigid week and make it your bitch. All right, we're out. All right, and I have stopped recording.